Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to this year's Failed Critics Awards podcast. Well, I say welcome back. You may not have listened to our podcast that we released yesterday where we revealed the winners in our best documentaries, best British films, best soundtracks and best foreign book as Steve put it. You can go back and listen to that if you want to. But this podcast will be revealing our top 10 films of the year as voted for by you guys, you people listening right now. Thank you very much for all of your votes. It was it was the highest turnout that we've actually had for Failed Critics Awards. Uh, so thank you very much. But also on this podcast, we'll be revealing the best performances of the year as well as the worst films of the year. So stay tuned to listen to that. It's still me, Steve, Booker and Callum. So, uh, well, I'll just shut up now and then we'll just get on with the podcast, shall we? We are on to basically now the top three, the big three categories, I think, that people like to vote in. Uh, You mean top four, right? Because male and female are technically two separate lists. Okay, yeah, top top four then, I guess. So we'll go with female actors first. We have joint fifth place for this. Uh, Rachel McAdams for Spotlight and Elle Fanning for The Neon Demon. Both exactly the same number of votes, the same number of people put them in first, the same number of people put them in second, and so on. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tilda Swinton for A Bigger Splash is in fourth place. I don't think I saw it. That's the one film on my, on my list that I failed to rewatch. I've not failed to rewatch. I failed to get watched in time before I had to do my list splits because I've heard fantastic things about that. It was, uh, it was very popular. Uh, in terms of performances. We also had, uh, in third place, was Kate McKinnon for Ghostbusters. Yes! I'm all right with that. Only one other actress from Ghostbusters was nominated, and that was Melissa McCarthy. Hmm. Um, I mean, mean, I'm a fan, but no. It's it's fine. She was okay. It's fine. Like like um like I adored McKinnon in that film, but also I watched Office Christmas Party this year, and that's why McKinnon is not number one on my list. It's because yeah, it's-, I, it's because like I watched that, and I realized, oh god, this is what this is what can happen when she's not given adequate enough direction. Okay, you know what? Maybe just maybe 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 maybe, maybe hedge our bets and put it in third for the time. Well, yeah, but I, yeah, you said the same thing, didn't you, Brooklyn? Yeah, pr- pretty much. But on that same thing, you know, I saw the boss this year as well, and, mm-hmm. and holy fuck, was McCarthy bad in that? It was not a good film. Uh, I actually quite like the boss. What? <laughs> it's not. It's not great, but I laughed a fair bit at it, which is more than most can say for most comedies this year. Spy was good. Spy was fantastic. It was last year, though, wasn't it? Yeah, that was also last was year. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Time flies. <laughs> uh, we had in second place. Do you want any? Do you want to guess? No. Second and first. No. Any ideas? No. Um, 
Let me have a look what I had. Uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead from Cloverfield Lane and Brie Larson from Room. Not mentioned so far, so mm. I reckon a couple of them. Yeah, well, we've got two places left. Um, I'll give you a clue. Amy Adams was also in it. Yeah, Amy Adams for Arrival is my number two. I think she might... She's either two or one if Brie Larson has actually been mentioned. If Brie Larson has been mentioned, I imagine she's number one, but Amy Adams for Arrival is definitely on um, that band. She's my number two as well. Well, I thought, like, you know, I said on the last podcast we recorded uh, I thought that Amy Adams might suffer from people picking her for Nocturnal Animals or Arrival and not both nah however she was picked for Arrival and is top of the list yes which means Brie Larson is second nice also because Brilliant. nobody will fucking nominate anything from Nocturnal Animals come no. the fuck on it was fucking dog shit <laughs> like, like I don't even hate it as much as many other people I do. Know. Like, I have one friend who's a staunch feminist who knows that if it's on your top ten list, you just hate women, which is also <laughs> it's it's kind of hard to argue. Really, it's a very misogynist film. But at the same time, like at the same time, like, I just watched it and the entire time I was watching, I was like, this is a fucking wasting of Amy Adams right here. Let's have another question. Which year do you think has been the best ever year for movies? Pass. Now, now I was having a look because because the next question um, leads into this one. So the next question is the top five films from the year you were born. Well, I was born in 1986, and in doing my research, mm-hmm. there was a lot of good films out that year. I mean, mm-hmm. in the top ten highest grossing films of that year, you've got Top Gun, Crocodile Dundee, The Platoon, uh, Aliens, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and it just yep. seems there was... Yep. A, Stand By Me, yep. Little Shop of Horrors, it just seems like there's a lot. Star Trek Four. So this sounds like Owen has picked 1986. I am, yeah, I was born in 86 too. Um, <laughs> I'm a baby compared to the rest of you. Police <laughs> Academy 3, back in training. Um, exactly. I'm just going to skip out on the next question because I'm going to feel really fucking old. That was, that was <laughs> Murphy's Law. That had a film version. Um, are we at, which, which question are we answering at the minute? Steve's anyway, answering the wrong question. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm saying, I'm saying 1986 was, was the best year in film. Okay, well, I will go back to the which year has been the best for movies. I think in terms of being historic then 1968 was particularly good because it was the end of the Hayes Code so there were you know dozens of new movies that wouldn't have existed a year or two earlier uh, it was kind of a transitional year but I also think if you look at some of the, the years that came out some of my favourite movies are from 1968 you've got Rosemary's Baby 2001 A Space Odyssey Night of the Living Dead Planet of the Apes Once Upon a Time in the West The Witchfinder General there's just like there's these this huge amount of really quality good quality movies that came out in 68 um, but yeah 1986 is also a good year Steve I went I went for From Beyond for that one by the way it's my top from uh, 86 the Lovecraftian body horror with Jeffrey Coombs Callum? Uh, I'm passing on this question because I'm a tiny baby and therefore I'll just get it wrong. So, go on. <laughs> <laughs> but you've watched so many films, you must have a, an idea of what might My, be a good The year best for... year for film is whatever year Step Up came out. <laughs> Fine. He's not wrong. Brooker? Yeah. So, I, I didn't go anywhere near as intellectual as Owen did. I kind of looked at the year my favourite film of all time came out and just thought I'd check to see what else came out and yeah... 1999. Mm. Let me get so Fight Club came out in 99, which is my all-time favorite movie. But a couple of the ones that came out that year, so you got Audition. Oh yeah. South South Park, The Matrix, Son of Sam, Existence, and Any Given Sunday. Good year. Yeah, I was quite happy with that. We did get Deep Blue Sea that year as well, so it almost negates it. 
but well, you know, Deep Blue Sea has certain charm. We also got Cruel Intentions that year as well, which was fucking shite. Yeah, that's awful. What's the next category, Owen? The next category is uh, male actors. Um, who? Uh, okay, I'm calling it now. Like... John Goodman's number one. He don't fucking want to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, pro- he well, probably does. He's desperate to be Val Critics number one. Absolutely. But he is number five, along with Ryan Gosling. Wait, wait, because... wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. What yeah. the fuck? Joint fifth. Ryan Gosling? What the fuck did Gosling do this year? From the nice guys. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll let you have that. Oh, oh okay. Oh, so, sorry. No, no, sorry. <laughs> uh, oh, Gosling. Okay, Gosling's fine. I thought you meant Reynolds, like for Deadpool. I would be like, you fucking what, mate? Okay. Uh, fourth is Ray Fiennes from A Big Splash Patrick Stewart in Green Room is third Mark Ruffalo for Spotlight is second and Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool is first oh crap my fuck <laughs> absolutely where he fucking should be as well it was a really good comic performance quitting this podcast I'm kidding it's actually really good I, I, I wouldn't yeah. say it's best of the year but like again again because John Goodman was so so good but yeah yeah it's good He was, yeah I mean it, it, again I think it's because it, it, it was a very popular film yeah. and a very popular performance that it came yeah. out on top and but to Pat, be honest, Pat Stewart oh, as well blew, blew me away yeah yeah Patrick Stewart in Green Room which is now on Netflix UK yep so you're out of excuses can... folks exactly I rewatched it the day it was added which was yesterday wasn't it yeah, yeah yesterday yesterday yeah um, so I rewatched it yesterday yeah. um, at time of recording and it was um, just as good second time round. I thought it was just as good yeah and so I'm quite pleased Patrick Stewart made the list and everyone else agreed. Yeah, um, I'm amazed. Although again, nobody put him first. Nobody voted him in first place, and yet he's third on our yeah. list again. Um, I'm, I'm amazed Ray Fiennes didn't split the votes for um, a bigger splash and Hail Caesar as well. Um, no, nope, no nominations whatsoever for Hail Caesar. Not even Alden Ehrenreich. Uh, no, I mean no, no, none for Ray Fiennes. Oh, okay, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Michael B. Jordan for Creed was also nominated, and Leonardo DiCaprio for The Revenant. Uh... They... Those two also had the same total points as Goodman and Gosling, but had less votes. Ah, so, ah, yeah. see, see, cleverness there. Not, not mm. cleverness. No, 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 I fucking whatever the word is. I can't remember. <laughs> Never mind. Move on. Move on. Yeah. So there you go. So um, Michael B. Jordan, Leonardo DiCaprio, not bad. Any performances you're sad to see have missed out? Uh, like basically all my list. <laughs> basically all of them. Uh, yeah. yeah. Again, John Goodman was my number one. Um, Ordinary Reich was my number two, as I mentioned. Um, Charlotte Buff for American Honey uh, was my third. Mm-hmm. Um, fourth and fifth, I had a bit of an issue. Well, number four, I had an f- issue with fifth. I always knew it was going to be Tom Noonan for Anomalisa, um, which um, for those who don't know, is the guy is the guy who's not David Fulis and Jennifer Jason Leigh. Like, <laughs> yeah, he does every other voice. Everybody and... else, and yeah. it's less the performance and more the voice itself. I'm nominating him at there, yeah. but it really is like the perfect voice you could have done for the idea of everybody else. You know, just being well. Tom Noonan had one nomination. Yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, and oh, uh, uh, yeah. No, my number four was Daniel Radcliffe, the Swiss Army Man. I thought he did great work in that, and I'm sad that Swiss Army Man kind of created completely in the final fifteen minutes. Yeah, two people voted for Daniel Radcliffe from Swiss Army Man. Did anybody vote for Chris Hemsworth in Ghostbusters by chance? Just they did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He well, got a nomination. That's an, that's an important couple on there again. Like that's like Jason Statham in spy levels of like great comedy performance out of nowhere. So yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't troubling the the top ten. Um, Steve, do you remember what you went for? I do. I don't remember. It's written in front of me. 
Oh, you don't. Good enough to engage the brain. No, what, what? I went for it in no particular order. Michael B. Jordan for Creed, John Goodman for Ten Cloverfield Lane, Ryan Reynolds for Deadpool, Tom Hanks, Sully, Jacob Tremblay, Room. Well, you say no particular order. I we're had to in take that them order. in the order that yeah. you were. <laughs> well, See, yeah. if you had just done Listing it in them. an order, Steve, John Goodman might have been fourth. Exactly. Right. Could have been higher. Um, but yeah, Tom Hanks for Sully. Uh, got a few votes as well, but again, nobody picked him first. I think it was just, it's Tom Hanks. It's, it's Tom Hanks being Tom Hanks with white hair. Yeah, I mean, I mean, with the, with, with the possible exception of Inferno, because I haven't watched it on that, but Tom Hanks has been actually on a really quietly solid run of performances as of late as well on that. Band. He does, again, similarly quietly good work here as well. You know, quietly yeah. good Clint Eastwood movie, which was nice to actually watch a good Clint Eastwood movie for once. So, Yeah, I mean, um, I'm quite pleased that four out of the five that I voted for Came. Rigged. Uh, you know, yeah, Who's I, you Who's know, it wasn't rigged. But, you know, I was the only person to vote for Kurt Russell from Bone Tomahawk. Nobody else picked him. Nobody picked him for The Hateful Eight either. I'm, I'm going to assume, though, that you're like the only person who's watched Bone Tomahawk out of most people, which is shame. I've heard good things. No, I, I love Bone Tomahawk. Mm. It's amazing. It's great. It's, you think it's a Western, then it turns very darkly horror. It's, yeah. um, it's on amazing. Netflix as well now, isn't it? It is, yeah. I think I, I scarred one of my oldest mates with that film as well. He was not expecting <laughs> that ending. As all good friends should do. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we're going to go for our final final question before the last two categories. Um, so the last question is, what were the five, your five favourite films from the year you were born? Um, Callum, as the youngest, you can go first. It's the baby. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I shouldn't now because I'm going to make Brooker feel really old. And I don't want to do that. Just crack on. I feel old all the time. So I, 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 I want Brooker to actually like me for once. <laughs> uh, well, I was born in the year 1994. Um, Good God. Which, yeah, sorry. I, like, which I always thought was actually like a great year film, but then I actually just did a, a brief Google then search. You Googled in five it. Minute, yeah, like in the five <laughs> minutes before we went on the air. And uh, yeah, no, I, no I, I probably just confused that with music that year instead. Uh, but I do, have, I do have a list. I do have some stuff here in no particular order because, again, I put this together five minutes before we went on air because I've been working all day. Um, uh, there's Dumb and Dumber, um, the original for Valley Brothers one, which, mm-hmm. uh, fun fact, used to be the film that our that, um, when I was in secondary school, our physics teacher would just throw on at the end of term all, all the time, like every end of term, without fail, he would always phone Dumb and Dumber rather than actually teach a final lesson. <laughs> it sounds like a good teacher. We, we got, we got, we got very, we like, we eventually committed the first hour of that film to memory, quite frankly, because yeah. uh, we ne- again because of the way t- school periods work, we never got to actually see the whole film. It was always just for first hour. <laughs> uh, uh, um, speed. Which I don't feel like I don't need to really. I don't have a fun story mm-hmm. in that. There, it's just speed. Uh, the Lion King. Which, I mean, this would have been more of a surprise if I didn't have it on there, with myself being the hardcore Disney animation fan that, you know, that, that I mm-hmm. think you might have interpreted at some point. I'm not sure what would have given it away, though. Uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and The Mask. Good choices. One, one of the first VHSs I owned as well, when VHSs mm. were still a thing. And I, I'm pretty sure I nearly wore the tape out, actually, from watching it so much. I haven't watched it in a while, because I keep meaning to try and get it on Blu-ray, but it's never available anywhere when I want to pick it up. Uh, which is shame, because I love The Mask. The Mask, it's great. It holds up really well, I think. Yeah. It's got that... Because it's just like the Tex Avery stuff, isn't it? Yeah. So it's just got yeah. like a really 
and, and, and not and not just because it actually plays Tex Avery cartoons in the film itself. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it actually feels yeah. like. No, a I, caught, I think I caught it on um, TV. I think a few Christmases back, um, and yeah. was having a ton of fun with it um, mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, but yeah. What year that was for fucking Jim Carrey though? Oh yeah, absolutely. The and the Ace Ventura. And Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. Yeah. I think we, uh, yeah, Ace Ventura. It's like three big box office hits in one year that just made yeah. him the star. Mm-hmm. Um, as well. So yeah, yeah, that's that's my list. Who else? Who else wants to go and make me feel really young, in, like in a bad way? In a bad way. Uh, go on then, Brooker. As the oldest, you can go now. <sighs> <laughs> so I was born in eighty-two. So the to the great dictators made yours. But just so, yes. so fucking ancient. We're gonna have to put you in a retirement home soon. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, eighty-two. I was quite impressed when I because I I just googled films in nineteen eighty-two, and I got some awesome ones. I got Porky's. I got of all the films I you could go to straight away, you went to fucking Porky's. Porky's. Okay. Uh, Airplane Two. Come on, oh, come on, Booker. you're pulling that leg now. Nope, not at all. Mad Max Two. Um, yeah. Yeah. The Thing and Blade Runner. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, I say you, no one's arguing with me about the Thing and Blade Runner. I know no, no, of course not. Um, uh, I, 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 eighty-two always sticks out in my mind because um, I think Movie Rob's review of Tron Legacy began with him mentioning that the year was nineteen eighty-two, otherwise known as the greatest year for film ever, and then like just put up a whole load of amazing images. Of yeah, amazing see, films. It's see, just see like, Tron yeah. came very close to to being on my list. I kind of, uh, I've watched it recently, and while I don't mind it, I don't, it doesn't. I don't in, I don't enjoy it as much as I did when I saw it when I was a kid. Yeah, but yeah, the first Tron's not really a good movie. Um, no. Legacy no. and Uprising, on the other hand, are fucking great. But, um... but I mean, 1982, though, Brooker. Yep. Wrath of Khan, First Blood yep, yep. that you had. You I know. know. I know. He knows. He likes Airplane yeah, 2 because okay. he's weird. What's fucking Nobody wrong with Airplane 2? It's fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> I've never it's actually a... seen it. I'm just, I'm just taking opportunities. It is fucking guff. That and Borkers, they're awful, but I love them. <laughs> Airplane 2 is basically airplane with more tits. Yep. I don't see a problem here. It's just, they did the exact same jokes. Um, I, I mean, I mean I'm, 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 I mean, I'm not really a fan of nudity like everybody else is, but that also doesn't actually sound that bad to me, quite frankly. It's, well, it's <laughs> exactly unless, the unless same. Unless it's literally jo- the exact same movie, but just every now and again, tits. Literally, literally the same gags. Literally exactly the same gags. Not even in a callback way, but delivered and done in to, the same way. To be fair, I think Airplane 2 was the first one I saw at the pair. Let's let's remember. Okay, let's right, remember okay, it came okay. out the year I was born, so I didn't watch it till quite some time later when it happened to be on TV. But no, I mean yeah. I'm fully aware that Pork is is horrific shite, and <laughs> Airplane Two is horrific shite. But I fucking yeah. love them. I can't help it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, enough. we've both had 1986, and mm-hmm. that's when we were both born. Um, who? What have you gone for? I mean, should we just go? One for one. My my first pick was was Aliens. Yeah, it's on my top. It's on my top five, but um, it isn't top. I've got the Beyond as top, uh, with Jeffrey Coombs, Barbara Crampton, Ken Forey. Weird, hilarious, kind of terrifying, brilliant horror, body horror, sci-fi sort of thing. I love it. It's great. How the duck? and also on Netflix. How are How are the duck? <laughs> Yeah. Um. <laughs> we were dunking on Brooker just a minute ago. <laughs> anyway, uh, my next one is Top Gun. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I've gone Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Uh, sorry, actually, Platoon. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And um, the last one I had for that year is. It's not the Karate Kid 2, I'll tell you that for nothing. Quickly Google 1986 <laughs> movies. 
It was short circuit. Was yeah. it? Was it really? Yeah. Do you know short circuit. I, over Christmas, I watched on YouTube the chase scene at the end of that. You know, with the <laughs> I need a hero. Yeah. He's running down the docks, and he's yeah. I rewatched this. Fucking it looks really Bonnie short. I always Tyler. loved short circuit when I was a kid, but I just think. I mean, it is complete wank. Yeah, it yeah. Was but then you saw Chappie and you saw the light instead. <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw Robocop and saw the light, I think. What's your five on. then, or four others that you haven't mentioned? Mm, so, yeah, so the, from Beyond and Aliens were on the top five. I also went for The Fly, uh, Labyrinth, and The Mission. And not so, Flight of the Navigator. That was out there. Flight of the Navigator, not Star Trek Four, I've not still, Cobra. I've still never seen Labyrinth. <laughs> You sh- uh, it, it's being repeated a lot on channel. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm going moment, to so. because um, Holland Independent Cinema are showing it at, uh, like a whole truck theatre, like you know, like on a cinema screen um, in a couple Great. of Sundays. So go I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go watch it. I'm gonna have my first labyrinth experience. Be watching it on a big screen. I have a friend who says apparently it creeped her out endlessly as a child, despite the fact that she watched a shit ton of horror movies, which sounds exactly <laughs> like a Jim Henson live action movie. What so. you need to do is you need to head yourself down to London because the Prince Charles regularly have a mask ball to show Labyrinth. Mm. Oh, that would be lovely. Do, do they also give complimentary Lazarus tickets as well? Because then I would definitely be <laughs> fucking there. Well, what you should do is the, there's a film from the year Brooker was born as well, The Dark Crystal. Watch The Dark oh, Crystal yes. and then watch Labyrinth. Yes, just watch them both. Just watch all the Jim Henson movies. All the Jim Henson films. Did we all watch Muppets Christmas Carol for Christmas? Yeah. Nope. I kind of... The wife made me. <laughs> no, the, wife made you, the wife made you, did she? I didn't Brooker, want to. Did yeah. Do you know what we didn't mention, Steve? What? Which I don't think Matt Lamborn would ever come back on the podcast again if we didn't say it. But uh, Transformers the movie from 1986. You got the touch! You got the power! Exactly. So Matt Lamborn would never forgive us if we didn't at least give it a token. And I also sang it out as well. So now he's got no choice but to come back on. Let's do the last two uh, awards for our 2016 ceremony. So worst films in third place... Uh, voted for by three people who all pull it top of the list of their worst movies, which Brooker and I have both seen and thought it was okay, is Money Monster. Uh, yeah, it's garbage. I fucking love Money Monster. I thought it was okay. It was entertaining, kind of popcorn-y. Don't need to think too hard. Just watch George Clooney be George Clooney. I thought I thought it was complete nonsense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's utter, utter like, like, like not a good kind of nonsense. It's a kind of nonsense where I've just sat there baffled as to how on earth this thing exists, quite frankly. I really enjoyed it. I, I, I found nothing offensive about it whatsoever. I sat there riveted the entire time it was on. Mm. I, I mean, I also can't remember anything about it, which is why it's not going to end up on any of my lists, <laughs> So, I, it was, I thought it was okay. It was. Uh, I mean, I didn't pay to watch it because you kindly sent me a free code for watching it off O2 or something, Brooke. Yeah, but stupid O2 who sell me an Apple product but then give me Google Play vouchers. Cunts. Yeah. What idiots. Uh. Um, but... I will say that Money Monster was tied for third with another film that is ineligible, which is Yoga Hosers. Ah, oh, because it didn't come out in the UK. It didn't come out in the UK. Yes, it did. Mm, not, nope. It got a theatrical showing down at the PCC. Mm, was this your number though. one, perchance, Brooker? Yes, it fucking was. It was the worst <laughs> film I've ever fucking seen. It was uh, awful. But it doesn't have a general release. No, 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 Owen, you can't, you, 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 you're going to have to give, you, just just give him this one. Just, just, just give him you know this what? one so you can put Kevin Smith <laughs> on a bad film list. And maybe this will be the wake-up call that Kevin Smith needs. 
For the sake of taking out, like, being completely, like, totalitarian, taking out a film I thought was all right and putting in yoga hoses, I'm happy to do that. <laughs> um, second is one that I am disappointed to see on the list, but expected to, was Batman vs Superman. It's not even the worst DC film this year, come on. I, I don't, I, I mean, we, we've talked fucking Batman vs Superman to death. Yeah, we're not going to go year. over all but that. But there was but... no way it's a worst film of the year. Neither is the other DC fucking film at all. Yeah. Is that Bastards. number one perchance? Is the other DC film number one perchance? <laughs> it is not. Is it mob-handed? It's not mob-handed either. <laughs> is it Abfab? Is it Grimsby? Is it Grimsby? I was going to build up to that, but no, it's not mob-handed. It's not Grimsby. I would suggest people listen to the compilation episode to hear Paul's defence of Grimsby. Because I think he makes some very valid points in defence of it. Uh, I, I, uh, mean, I, I mean, okay, I'll give it a listen, but at the same time, I also want a full-on apology as to why I had to sit, sit through five minutes of elephant rape, okay? <laughs> yeah, um, you, I wouldn't expect that from Paul. Um, but basically, uh, yeah, he, he does defend that very well, but it isn't Grimsby, that's not on the list. Um, top is actually absolutely fabulous. Thank movie. God. Fucking right and all. Mm-hmm. What a bucket of cold cum that fucking film was! Yeah, it, yeah, I can't. I, I, I mean, I hated it as well, but at the same time, I'm also struck with this kind of issue of this year was a year in which British comedy films basically took a nostalgia bath for no fucking reason and made a whole load of absolute shite. My, uh, my one and only walkout this year was Ab Fab the movie. Yeah, like the absolutely mm. fabulous movie was fucking atrocious and just like the perfect embodiment of everything that series used to make fun of, but played straight. Um, that, like it's turned into the very thing it used to mock and it's just like fucking offensively trash to sit through. Um, there's David Bent Life on the Road, which is my number two, which was just Ricky Gervais continuing to be an insufferable <laughs> cunt. Uh, yeah, I'm with um, you on that. Yeah, it was on my top five British films, um, <laughs> and not because of being there by default. I just genuinely thought it was alright. No, no, I hated it. I really hated it, especially since it just further underlined the fact that there is no line separating Ricky Gervais and David Brent anymore. Like they are one, <laughs> they are one and the same, and they are both cunts basically. It's fucking straight white privileged man ranting against everybody. Get you know, like of like white genocide for ninety fucking minutes, and it's atrocious. My thing about that that entire sequence where he tries to get the black rapper to allow uh, to be called his the N word is literally just him wanting to try and say the N word. Like when Quentin Tarantino does it, at least he wants to be black. And then there's also the Dad's Army movie as well, which is just pointless. I was going to say the Dad's Army one. I, I thought you were building to, but. I think the fact that you've described it as pointless is... Yeah, no, it is. It's just... Nobody picked it. It's just just pointless and boring, and it doesn't seem to have a reason as to why it exists other than money, and there are no jokes in there. And the only time in that entire movie where I had any kind of reaction was when I noticed one of my friends stunt doubling for an actress during the finale. Very (laughs) very noticeably so as well, which... uh, like I, I even mentioned this when she on screen one back in the, uh, February when I saw him out there and she was in the room at the same time. It, she just not on like that's probably not a very good. Uh, it's probably not very good stunt doubling then if you recognised me. So uh, mm. yeah, it's just yeah again like this. This was a bad year for British comedy, really. Let's be honest. It was just a general meh year for British films, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, right onto the big one. Oh, I had a whole rant set up ready for the bottom films as well. Well, <laughs> but, what what did you want to rant about then, Brooke? What were you going to rant about? Just the fucking. Bullshit, hor- horrendous Martyrs remake. Yeah, oh, okay, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I, I know not many people have seen the original Martyrs, but it's a fucking brutally genius film. I love it to pieces. And 
the American remake just pissed over all of that. Would, the would third you, worst film I saw this year. Would you also yeah. have put the Cabin Fever remake on there as well? Perhaps? I didn't watch the Cabin Fever remake for because I don't think... I, I, I thought at least Martyrs, you were going... You were trying to do it for a different audience. Cabin Fever was a, just a carbon copy. It's literally no, it's literally the same movie as well. Yeah, yeah I, 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 heard I, I didn't watch it. I couldn't see the point. Right. So what? I did see Martyrs, but I didn't nominate it. I didn't yeah. pick it in my worst three. I just think it was. You know, I'm not a big fan of the original anyway. I really? Think part of it is torture porn. It is about watching just people be tortured for ages and ages and ages. Oh, and but I, it's the first time. Well, I've only watched it one time, but I did fast forward through it. Really? I mean, the finale is fucking. It's breathtaking. That's oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good start, good end, but, like, someone strung up and being tortured so that they can get them to the brink of death. And I was just like... I mean, it was. It, it does make films like Hostel and Saw look like fucking Disney films. But it's not even... I just thought it was... So, I mean, it, it, that's kind of the thing with these French New Wave films that came about in that, like, short birth. Oh, yeah, there's of, some really fucking horrific ones. and It's just about being... Uh, yeah, horrific is the word. It's about being as horrific as possible. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like the, the guinea pig films from back in the day. They're just 100% nastiness for the sake of nastiness. But Mar- I have to admit, I thought there was something special about Martyrs. I've seen there it is. more than once, and I really I love it. I genuinely love it. And it's partly why I gave the, the sequel a pass as well. I think because... Uh, not sequel, sorry, the remake pass, because I think there's still the same message. It's just that they're just saying... But the they lost again, all... Is- I thought they lost all the soul in the American remake. Yeah. Uh, very quickly, yeah. before we move on, because I am curious now, what was everybody else's um, bottom three list? Like, I've already mentioned David Brent's on there. Uh, my number one was Suicide Squad, purely because I couldn't just live. <laughs> you you wanted Brooker to like you, Callum, and you just picked Suicide <laughs> Squad. Purely because I literally just couldn't li- I, I was not. I would not be able to list every superhero movie this year, with the exception of Deadpool and Doctor Strange on there. Uh, the, the Legend of Tarzan. Yeah, but that's yeah. a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Independence Day 2. Yeah. Very good one. Which you said was going to be on your top ten. And I said, I said it could. It, I said it could be in both lists. Yeah. Uh, Did you yeah. just not see that many films this year, Steve? No, I just thought it was. It was ridiculously bad that it was good. It was sort of a joke yeah. that it could have been on both lists, but it was never going. But it went to mob hounded instead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and ab fab. General consensus. Mm. And, and my number three was why him. Which is it is awful. It is fucking awful. It is a fucking interminable train wreck. But just like every single one of my rants and pieces on this podcast goes on for about ten minutes longer than has every <laughs> sequence go on ten minutes longer than necessary. So yeah, I picked as my worst film Sharknado Four, and nobody else voted for it. I think by now people have gotten to the fourth one and just given. Up. I think people just don't care about Sharknado anymore. Just I didn't even know they made a fourth one this year. They did. It was dreadful. Um, Sharknado Two was weirdly funny. Do you remember that one, Steve? And you live tweeted. Yeah. That was uh, that was quite funny because the first one is awful. The second one, I realised, you know, it had to, it could capitalise on that awfulness by, I don't know, cramming in loads of celebrity cameos, and it became a big event thing. And then the third one was rough, and the fourth was worse. So. so basically, what you're saying is that the second one had just the right amount of self awareness, and then afterwards, yeah, it yeah. went too far into that direction, just became. And they just pushed it too much. I also voted triple nine as my. Um, Third yeah, that was pretty worst, shite. As in the best of the three. I completely forgot that movie even happened, but I remember not being not enjoying it. It's also I hated also it. was was it? Am, am I misremembering, or was it, or did anybody else just find that movie completely fucking incoherent? It was just a mess. Nothing made sense in it. It was just 
bizarre. It was. I can't believe it made it to a cinema. Why is Chiwetel Ejiofor in films like that and not actually in decent fucking movies? Yeah. He's a BAFTA winner, an Oscar-nominated well. actor, and a really fucking good actor. That's it. It's a, but, like, it was a stunt-casted Heat remake, which was absolute fucking guff. Right, okay. Awful, oh, wait, right. Steve's now trying to get us to move on now. Well, I was going to say, I'm going to stop him again because we haven't mentioned the Danish girl, which was also voted for. Uh, I bet we understand as well. Yeah, that's garbage and Tom Hooper needs to just fuck... In fact, no, let's not even talk about it because every time we mention Tom Hooper, we give him life and if we all just ignore him, he will go away. Yeah, he can just fuck... No, no, I, prom- I promise you, he literally just exists if you talk about him. If you ignore... Like Freddy Krueger, if you ignore him, he will <laughs> go away. If you ignore him and you stop sending him awards nominations and shit, he will just disappear. That noise that you just heard, that's my kettle boiling. It's just finished. And do you know what I like to do when I'm making a cup of tea or coffee? I like to listen to podcasts. One of those podcasts I like to listen to is Character Unlock, which is our sister podcast, which is hosted by Andrew Brooker, that guy who's on the podcast right now, uh, who isn't me or Steve or Callum. Yes, Andrew Brooker runs a gaming podcast. Check it out, Character Unlock. Comes out every two weeks with John Miller as the co-host. And their first episode of the new year will be an Assassin's Creed special to tie into both the movie and the game series. So why not check that out? Because we won't be doing a regular Fail Critics podcast that week, but we'll be handing over to Character Unlock to run through all of the game franchise and tie it into the movies. So give them a listen when that comes out. Otherwise, let's just go straight back into the Fail Critics Awards. You can say now, before we do, any, before we go any further, mob-handed, do you think it's in, out, and where do you think it is, Steve? I, out. Out, not in it at all? Okay, Callum? Uh, well, it's, well, okay, it only made its number five on the British list and that there, so I don't think Irony was actually that strong. I'm going to say out. You're going to say out. Brooker? Uh, God hates me. It's got to be in. It's got to be in? Whereabouts? Probably number one. <laughs> because God okay. really hates me. Okay. Brooker's right. It is in. <laughs> it made it okay. to 10th place. You're all cunts. <laughs> <laughs> Come back and listen next week, everybody. (laughs) I think we only have ourselves to blame for this one, for talking about it so much that people went out and watched it and then decided to... Or didn't even watch it and just voted ironically. Again, you you did this. You brought this on yourselves, guys. I have it on good authority that people who voted for it voted for it genuinely because they thought it was hilarious. (laughs) They thought it was... Like we just mentioned, it was so bad, it's good. Right, that's I think Ugh, what happened. God damn, I am gonna have to watch this movie now, aren't I? You are definitely gonna have to watch it, and when you do, come back on the podcast. Like, like, even if I'm not scheduled beyond that week, you'll just pull me on specifically. So we'll you get you a no, specific no, okay. section. Go back, watch it now, and come back and talk about it now, because this film does not need to be carried on into 2017. Yeah, we'll 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 pause for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I, t- I don't have that kind of time on me. <laughs> yeah. Um. So it was tenth, and. I have to admit, I thought I was surprised. I I messaged Paul, right? I phoned, well, I sent him an email, and then he phoned me back and said, "You know, I, why? Because I wanted to say I'm not. I'm just counting all the votes for it. I'm just not going to count them because I didn't think people were genuinely voting for it. And he, you know, said he had people who came round to see the the film at his place." I was going to say, like, did um, he know, physically go around tracking, making sure that everybody who voted for it actually had so he had physical evidence to put to you? Yeah, <laughs> when it comes people, to people, 
People said to him, what was that film you were talking about on the podcast? Have you got a copy? And you just send them mob-handed. And then people watched it and voted for it. Okay, shall we move on to film number nine? Yeah. So film number nine um, was Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, lots of Star Wars fans out there. A very good Star Wars film. Number 18 on my top 20, which is also the first time a Star Wars film has actually appeared on any of my best of lists as well. I I adore this. I was going to say the thing that Steve just said, you know, lots of Star Wars fans out there. It's true. I think that's who it was made for, clearly. There's nothing in it for anybody who isn't already converted to Star Wars. No, but there is. It is a standalone film in so much as... No, it's not, though. I mean, it's set before the main... The first A New Hope, but it n- it's completely a tie-in. There's just like... There's, there's, uh, I just find it incredibly this, boring. This is your chance tedious. to finally vent, despite the fact you weren't on last week, isn't it, Owen? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it, it really was just like... A, it was almost a walkout. I walked out on Star Trek Beyond and I was tempted to walk out on Star Wars, but it picked up a bit towards were the you, end. Were you, wow, wow, you just hand out walkouts of any movie, don't you, Owen? I do. Uh, well, they, they, I've only walked out on one this year, yeah. and that was Star Trek Beyond. But Star Wars, and yet it, it didn't even make your worst of list. That's no, uh, no, right. no. Because, like I say, it picked up towards the end. No, I no, just, no. I mean, that's a Star Trek, not Rogue One. Oh uh, yeah, because I didn't see it yeah. all. Um, yeah, no, no. It's been like I, like, like I've always sort of liked Star Wars, but I've never really loved it like the way everybody else has. And yet with this and the Force Awakens, I think I'm finally getting it like properly getting it like I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that it's perfect or some kind of masterpiece like the opening 30 minutes are a train wreck um all the characters yeah. are underwritten in the same way that all the characters in gareth edwards films are underwritten and cgi la needs to be banished to the depths of hell never to be seen again but like for the most part it really did offer something different it's like to, compared to usual star wars fair it offered something new and it also happened to be the perfect film like the right film at the perfect time with its messages or an application of rebellion in the forms of action in the forms like, against fascism that they're doing what yeah, and all that yeah and those like and particularly embodied by the fan by the outstanding final 40 minutes which like ev- <laughs> like especially as soon as it hits scarif that film mm. is outstanding and that as well. I've heard people talk about the fight. I'm not going to say what it is for those who are still living under a rock and haven't seen it, which may be you, Brooker. Have you seen it? I now? have seen it. Yeah. Oh, you've seen it. Now? Yeah, okay. no, I went uh, opening weekend. I went to see it. The missus fell asleep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And not surprised. And I just kind of sat there wondering about the state of my ass because it was so long. It was uh, really and I'm, like, overdone. you know, and uh, I'm not, the biggest Star Wars fan, but I don't hate them. Uh, I really enjoyed The Force Awakens, and I, so I went in with this quite hopeful, and mm-hmm. I thought it was just a bit crap. I don't, I didn't hate mm-hmm. it. I just, I thought there was a lot of build-up to a very good final act. Don't get me wrong, but for two and a bit hours, you know, too much of it felt had, needless. Had, 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 have both of you seen? Gareth Edwards, Godzilla, and Monsters as well. Yes, I think a lot. I preferred, bo- I preferred both. I, they all sit on a list of films I just really don't like. I didn't. I didn't like Godzilla or Monsters. It very much is Gareth Edwards. Yeah, you know, you know, like film. The bit, one like, yeah. good thing I'll say about Force Awakens, not Force Awakens, uh, Rogue One. The one thing I really enjoyed about it was the fact that they used Donnie Yen. Yeah. And I thought he was great mm, because. See, I love Donnie Yen, but I just in this just didn't. But what I mean get is. Him. He actually done something because last year in the Force, last year in the Force Awakens, they had yeah, yeah. Aiko Uai and Yayan Rahian in the damn film 
to do nothing but get eaten by space monsters. Two of the greatest martial artists ever, and all they did was get eaten and do nothing. And that was... Just to sell the movie. Furious 7 did more with Donnie Yen than that that movie did with Eco Ways and stuff. Oh, actually, no, Donnie Yen did some decent stuff in Furious 7, actually. Sorry, discount that. Was it... Was it Tony Yard was in it, wasn't he? But I don't, oh, I don't know. Yeah, Tony Yard was in Fury 7. Oh, okay, that's it. So, so, oh, God, that's actually quite racist, isn't it? Racist, oh. Callum! It's the, it's the other foreign one. The other one. Uh. But, but no, I mean, and I, I really enjoyed, you know, at least watching him perform, yeah. which... And having the time of his life, for the record. Oh, well. yeah, he like, seemed, he seemed to look like, like yeah. he was having a good time. But yeah. for the for the... You know, for the most part, I wasn't having a good time. I didn't hate it. It was just there. Yeah, I, I yeah. also have, would like so, to, very quickly before we move on, though, I would like to add that I think the big, the biggest compliment I can give that movie is that it made large-scale CGI destruction actually terrifying for me for once. Like, 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 Independence Day destroyed, like, the surge destroyed all the world's capitals, like, at the same time in a giant CGI mess, and I just sat there bored out of my skull. Um, this film... <laughs> Without but to be fair, what Star Wars there. didn't do was Roland Emmerich it up. Yeah, right. yeah I mean, in yeah, both, exactly. both instances, I felt genuinely terrified by giant CGI destruction. Callum, you know there is no, you know there is no Death Star in orbit. Well, you, oh. <laughs> right, okay. To, to just destroy a real one. Right, okay. Let's move on because Steve's contempt for us all here right now is reaching <laughs> like maximum. Sorry, through, Steve. Yeah. I love Star yeah. Wars, really. Uh, Don't okay. worry, Steve. I'm on your side. Not on the side of a podcast ending, but on the side of Rogue One being great. Room is eighth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think we're all going to about that. Is there much to say about um, it, really? I think if Room had been released now, it would be higher. Mm. Yeah. Basically, yeah, basically if it point. came out last year when it should have done, then it would have been higher. Uh, again, that's why it's not on my list, is because, you know... But well, I think that can affect, no, I really I, like I think that can affect a lot of films. I think there's probably a lot of films that were released... January, February time, it did perhaps didn't make them list when they may have done, or not a lot of films, but some films released the first three months of 2016 that didn't make the list that perhaps would have done if it they were released now. It's almost like the just, release window disparity thing is bullshit. Well, people just think that they get enough recognition during the Oscars and think, well, I'll vote for the films I like yeah. as opposed to those. Or yeah. people, or, or, or people forget that they were actually a 2016 or, film. Yeah, well, is it, it's, it's that kind of psychological cut-off point, though, isn't it? Like it won an Oscar, mm-hmm. it must not be okay for now. Yeah. yeah. Or again, or again, just realise they're 2015 films that are arbitrarily without for no particular reason. Uh, no, Room is great though. Yeah. I especially love the way that it's very optimistic in the face of a subject that could have just been, you know, like an incredibly miserable, depressing movie. But instead, my that was the it. surprising thing, wasn't yeah. it? Because it was kind of weirdly uplifted. Yeah. And you watch it and think it's all about discovery and yeah. like how beautiful life can be when actually, yeah. like, it, yeah, like like uplifting, but not in like this ridiculous, condescending, off-putting way that um, some people yeah, might yeah, think yeah, by yeah. watching the trailer. Like, it's a really genuinely sweet movie. And Larson is fantastic. She really is. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't think we've really got a lot to say about that one. Now we've said everything I think we need to say about it. So seventh place is a film I haven't seen. I'm going to hand over to to anyone else who's seen it. Hell or High Water. Yes. Mm. <gasps> kind of a westerny vibe to it. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a modern western. It's, yeah, it's it a western set today. Like Drive or something like that. Kind of no, not even like Drive, point. like 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 an actual Western set. Like oh, set today. it's basically it's 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 closer to No Country for Old Men than it is Drive. Oh, I see. Okay, uh, yeah. But okay. today, it's it's absolutely a mo- literally a modern day Western. Yeah, directed mm-hmm. by the guy who did Startup and written by the guy who wrote Sicario as well. Yeah, um, and it all all of it shows. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, and the the performances, they loads of them came through for nominations for uh, Chris Pine for. Uh, Jeff Bridges was nominated. Um, ben Foster yeah. was really good in that. Which ben was, ben which Foster was excellent. Yeah. yeah, which surprised me because he's a guy who just constantly goes back and forth for me on terms of whether I actually like him and stuff or not. Um, mm. uh, I've just realised I completely forgot to actually list that in my honourable mentions this year. Uh, so, oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, it's a re- it is a really good film. Um, I think personally I found it a little bit too minor for me to you know uh, put it up as one of the best of the year. But that is deliberately trying to be minor more than anything else. Like it's one of those like state of the nation polemic kind of ways in that there. Yeah. But it's, it, well, it's a deliberately too, low key film. Yeah. Yeah. If that was too minor, then the film in sixth is the complete opposite because it's Captain America. Civil War. Fucking hell. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm guessing you couldn't get two more different types of movie. Not really. Cut the final five minutes and I would agree with you. Okay? The final five minutes mm-hmm. ruin that whole movie. They really do. I, I despise that film's ending to death. I, I really do. That the stuff in the... Uh... It's the letter. It's the letter. If you don't have the letter, right. then you don't. Then you basically don't admit to the audience that everything that you've just watched is completely pointless. Yeah. Like, like that, that, like that's my thing. Like, I understand that people think that it's befitting the character of Captain America and all that stuff. But what it is essentially is the film. But is Marvel straight up admitting? Because when you sit down to watch these films, you essentially enter into a contract that you know nothing actually really matters in the grand scheme. Not not just because you know films mm-hmm. don't really matter in the grand scheme of life and all that, but because the superhero movie like franchise industry map there is so like big now and so weird it's so many moving parts that everything is decided before you sit down to watch them so what you are essentially sitting down to watch is less to be surprised and more to enjoy comfort food and that's fine as long as the films don't essentially rub your face in the fact that you've thrown away two and a half hours of your life on shit that means nothing and that's what the ending of that film does but yeah i really enjoyed it's pure cinema but i hate the final 10 minutes with stanley cameo and the end and the letter and all that stuff because it's basically just a spit in the face but brooke you, this isn't like uh, a revelation to you because you've kind of felt that way about almost every Marvel film, haven't you? Uh, no, well, the thing with Marvel films is because the, the, the formulae, the way Marvel films are formulaic, no, it's not a revelation to me. I just kind of, yeah, some I enjoy more than others, depends on what just happens to be on the screen at the time. I didn't particularly mm-hmm. like Doctor Strange because it was formulaic. Civil War, I think the thing with Civil War for me, without beating it to death, it came out after the pretty disappointing Batman vs Superman, quite close to the pretty disappointing Batman vs Superman, and it was the Avengers sequel I wanted. Uh, yeah. So it I, it was forgiven a lot for that, and mm. I hand on heart I loved Civil War. I thought it was great. I couldn't when I saw the running time for it. Uh, I've, I've got I've recently gotten hold of the Blu-ray and I looked at the running time and went, holy fuck! It's nearly three hours long. It didn't feel like that when I was watching it. Yeah, no, it didn't. Yeah. Again, like, as pure mm-hmm. cinema, it is fantastic. And the airport sequence is one of the best sequences of the year. And the perf- I mean, for me, in any case, like, the perfect like embodiment in cinema of comic book movie fights. Like, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. a movie. Like, that's stunning. Um, again, it's just literally just the ending rubs me up the wrong way so, so badly. Um, as well, which is why it took, which is why I'm so glad Doctor Strange actually existed because even though it is literally just Iron Man but with mysticism, um, and you know, and Benedict Cumberbatch, um, I actually like it, it felt like the first one of these films in a long while that was about something other than itself, you know, like something about other than just moving Marvel pieces around and constantly going mm-hmm. over nothing of this matters. Well, so yeah, Ant Man was a bit like that, wasn't it? Ant Man was, yeah, Ant Man like was, like, was... Uh, was good, yeah, but well, Ant Man yeah. at least had a likable main character. Yeah, that's true. Stephen yeah. Strange was a massive cunt. 
Oh, he was, yeah. but he was also my kind of massive cunt. And that's specifically because he's <laughs> specifically because again he's introduced being all snip, being all like pedantic about the years in which singles and albums were released, and that there, which is me. That's that's me. That's 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 what I do on a constant basis. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> let's let's move on. Um. What we can do before we go into the top five, right? I've got a list here of everyone, the things that everyone's voted for in their top ten, and I can tell you the actual position of where they finished. Ooh. Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to... I know pick... full well that one of mine is at the bottom because I'm the only person to vote for it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I... Uh, no, actually, Brooker, there is nothing in your list that you were the only person to okay, vote for. Okay, maybe me and Catherine. And that's almost <laughs> certainly it. So what? what's the one that you think nobody's voted for, Booker? 31. Do you want to know where it finished? Go on, Em. 90th. Fuck me. <laughs> what's 31, Booker? It's a Rob Zombie horror movie. Oh, yeah, I've heard about that. Yeah. It's. I mean, if you don't like horror movies or you don't like Rob Zombie movies, you'll fucking hate it. But <laughs> if, like me, you're a big Rob Zombie fan, it's a bit like The Nice Guys was to Shane Black. It's a best of Rob Zombie horror movies in one 90-minute film. It's funny... It's gruesome. It's fucking brilliant. I love it. Is the soundtrack yep. great? I imagine the soundtrack is great. Yeah, the soundtrack Rob was Zombie. Rob Zombie and John Five, so it's it's yeah. as you can imagine, it's excellent. Well, another film that I can pick out because both uh, Callum, you and I voted for Anomalisa, which was um, also voted for by someone else, came thirty second yeah. on the list. Okay, which which bad. yeah, which is also the first time and the only time I am actually allowing a little loophole. The film that was released in America in twenty fifteen to be allowed on my twenty sixteen list because in America it was released on December thirtieth in select cinemas. Um, right there, yeah. which is like close enough to the date and close enough that most people won't have seen it but I can justifiably put it in there and also because I actually really heavily related to that movie so much that I kind of just had to put it in so there yeah, we go it was, it was good I think I was talking to Tony about it or I might have seen the comment that Tony made about it and he said he could have done without like the 30 minute long sex scene between puppets but otherwise uh, yeah, actually no no good. no I feel like the sex scene in the same way that as, you, as you'll all find out when you watch The Handmaiden next year was absolutely <laughs> necessary like absolutely necessary was, in a vital emotional part of the film I, th- I do think it was it went on for a, a little bit too long but otherwise yeah I mean it was a great film and uh, what have we got on Steve's list then that we've not talked about yet oh well top of the top of your list Steve do you remember what was first or have you got well, your in, list in, in my list that's not been mentioned yet there's uh, Independence Day no uh, there, yeah. there's Creed The Revenant uh, yeah. Spotlight Deadpool, Ten Cloverfield Lane, Eye in the Sky, and a Nice Guy. So quite a lot of my list hasn't yes. been mentioned yet. Well, Creed, Creed, you sent in first. That was your, what I've taken as your first place. Even though I've since found out that you didn't put them in in, in any particular. I mean, I mean, Creed is also the best film of last year and this year and all years. So. <laughs> Um, well, you didn't vote for it, though. Yeah, again, because it came out in America on Thanksgiving of last year. There's no reason why I had to wait two months for it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But. Steve did vote for it, and, f- and I've put it in f- down as first on his list because it was on the, the first one he mentioned. Uh, it came in 13th, so just outside Ooh, the top 10. Interesting. And just just below it was The Revenant. Uh, 14th. I think a lot of people forgot The Revenant was a 2016 film. I think most people just hated The Revenant because it was garbage. I loved The Revenant. I enjoyed it. It didn't make my top 10. But... I actually fell asleep in it. I'm not kidding. I, I fell asleep and woke up and the film hadn't moved. Well, there you go. Um... Uh, Bone Tomahawk, I wasn't the only person to vote for that. Hey! Was yeah, the other person quite... Booker? No. <laughs> yeah, two people voted for that. The only, I was the only person to vote for Green Inferno. Gee, I wonder so, why. Yeah. 
Um, but Callum, you were the only person to vote for two films, The Edge of Seventeen, as you correctly asserted earlier on, and Pop Star Never Stop. Never I mean, Stop they're it. both films <laughs> that were basically just sent here and left to die. In fairness, uh, that, that, which yeah. is a shame because they're both brilliant. Pop Star is. Like, I've watched it twice now. I'm going to watch it a third time when I actually track down a Blu-ray copy in that that I genuinely believe is one of the absolute funniest comedies of the past decade. Like, not all the way up to 2010. I'm talking, like, all the way back to 2007s, like, including Hot Fuzz, <laughs> In the Loop, Spy, Jump 22, Jump Street, all that stuff in that bet. It's phenomenal and packed with more laughs per minute than basically any other comedy from the last five years. I, I adored did, did it. Did you watch it? Steve? Yes, I did. Yes. Uh, really good yeah really good yeah like I, I adored every second of pop star it's phenomenal um, and the age of 17 I guarantee you in 10 years people will look back on it the same way they do Clueless and Mean Girls okay with all those giant retrospectives of how it was a cult classic and you get those giant oral histories and stuff because it's phenomenal it is absolutely phenomenal a fantastically funny sad moving heartbreaking honest depiction of depression isolation self-centeredness like, and teenage life as well with a revelatory Haley Steinfeld performance which just makes me even angrier she's purposely wasting her career being a pop star now and i'm going to mention two more films that i think people might be wondering whether they're in the top 10 or not because if i go on any longer then it, people will be able to start sort of working it out to think ghostbusters which you voted for callum mm-hmm. you you were the only one of us three to vote for it in your top 10 yeah i mean i, I will admit here it's not like really one of the year's best films particularly because that second hour is like cut to the bone by a studio that clearly just wanted to murder this thing um mm-hmm. but Kind of like the original Ghostbusters, it's a very good film that kind of turns into a great film based on when you saw it and how much you connect to it, like in general. Yeah. That, that, and that's what Ghostbusters it, did for me. It, so. it came out 19th, so that was that was another one. And uh, I'm also going to mention The Neon Demon, because I know that had a bit of a cult. Uh, it had the same number of votes as Ghostbusters, for example. Mm. Um, did The Neon Demon not make the top ten? It did not. No. Utter horseshit. That actually came in 18th, so just Fuck above me. Ghostbusters. Uh, I, 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 w- I wish I loved The Neon Demon. I really do. I just found the whole Same. movie a half measure. Like, I was bored yep. by a Nicholas Winding Refn movie, and that shouldn't happen. Especially since I fucking adored Only God Forgives. Like, I should not be sitting there watching some of the stuff that happens in those final 20, 30 minutes and just being bored out of my mind, which is what I have there. Like, the only thing that I found in there that didn't make it a total write-off was Cliff Martinez's outstanding score. Uh, mm-hmm. which is a shame I wanted to love that movie so badly I just I didn't I, I didn't which is a shame I'm sorry Brooker I, I wish I could like it like <laughs> you did it, no, it's, it's really weird Callum, I've, I don't know anybody that loves every uh, Refn movie like yeah. I only like a couple I love The Neon Demon mm. I love Bronson and that's probably it yeah oh and, and the uh, the Viking thing with Mads Valhalla Rising Valhalla Rising yeah. thank you I love that but the rest Average at best, I fucking hated Only God Forgives. Like, yeah. genuinely hated it. Yeah. Uh, but this one I loved. It's The dude is such a, a divisive director. Yeah. yeah. Again, yeah, again like, that, that's, that's right. my thing of, of, like, I don't like all reference films about there, but I've never been bored with any of them up until mm-hmm. now. And that's what I think most disappoints me about it. Is it not? It, it. I don't think it's visually stylish enough. I don't think it goes crazy enough. I don't think it's weird enough. It's certainly not scary enough. Um, that it's not even pretty enough, really, as well. It's just kind of. It feels like an embarrassed half measure, which I'm kind of disappointed by. Uh, so yeah. enough with the films that aren't in the top five. Let's get right into it now. Fifth place, Green Room. That low? 
you're just you're out to kill me today aren't you no 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 i i I can see that like i was actually surprised when i saw like for example the av club's top 25 of the top 20 of the year and it was at number three like i was surprised it got that Mm -hmm. high i always thought the green room just kind of disappeared but uh no i'm glad i'm glad it's getting a cult following it is yeah i think everyone who's seen it loved yeah everyone who's seen it voted for it i think is what happened whereas you know there were, you know, other films. People will have seen Civil War, for example, and not voted for it. People will have seen Room and not voted for it. Um, people will have seen Mob Handed and not voted for it. But people will have seen Green Room and definitely put it into their top ten. I, I, I really hope there are no people doing drinking games for this podcast and plan on taking a shot every time somebody mentions Mob Handed because they're probably dead <laughs> by now. They, they would be in a coma. We have blood on our hands, um, folks. Yeah, but I, I really did like Green Room. I thought Blue Ruin was... Uh, I wasn't as keen on it, but from Jeremy Sonier, but Green Room absolutely yeah. floored me. Um, I mean, yeah. even before it turns into like you, you know, like effectively a slasher movie in that, but I was loving the film as a like as just pure punk. Not there, like it captures yeah. the punk mm-hmm. experience perfectly, and especially like you know, from siphoning gas to that um, to the desert island band and um, questions and that there, and it's brilliant callback at the end, and of course the bit of Nazi punks fuck off um, that there just yeah yeah, yeah the Dick Kennedy's cover yeah. was great. And then the fact that they kind of respected them in a weird sort of way for doing it, but also like they, I, I did. I, it wouldn't be a podcast either if I didn't say this. But my wife, right, watched it with my wife, and uh, she said, "Oh, it was a bit unrealistic." And I says, "What? What was unrealistic about it? I thought it kind of had this very real sort of mm. vibe about it." And she said, "Oh, why would they go and play a club like that?" I was like, yeah, that's no, that's no, no, I, that's yeah. the real bit. <laughs> no, no, I can understand because again, like you know, they're struggling. They've got no money. They don't even have money exactly. to get, to get Ninety back miles out yeah. in the wrong way. They've they've been offered a gig yeah. to pay for the petrol. Yeah. Basically, again, I think the only reason they didn't get on was first off for me. Is first off, I didn't get a chance to rewatch it again before my list. And yeah. second is that whilst I was watching it, I was actually just kind of taken aback with how realist it is. You know, like how normally in these kind of movies, yeah. there's a, like a set order in which people get mm-hmm. picked off and stuff happens about that. And here, like, most of the murder happens in one concentrated, you know, like, five-minute segment and just, like, randomly, suddenly, without any warning about there. And it just kind of, you know, like, um, it took a while to, like, for me to adjust, really, in a way. It's just, it's got a, it comes out of nowhere, yeah. but it does go... I mean, there is a lot yeah. Like, yeah. of it. As yeah, like, that, that's, that's not a flaw of the film. That's more of me not being attuned more to it, you know, like, properly in that there. But like, the film yeah. is great, and Jeremy Solnier deserves to be continuing, you know, this journey of being a... Um, cult director in the making and exactly. also good and also um, quietly good work from Anton Yelchin as well to make this all sad for a short second as well yeah yeah that's a terrible shame and you know him and Imogen Poots together who were great they had a real chemistry in this in Fright Night they were great together yeah. you know I mean it's just a shame really mm. that, um, that um, what happened to Anton Yelchin but we won't dwell on it we'll move on to fourth choice The Nice Guys which we've talked about already, so we don't yeah, have we to spend to too much time now. on it. But I'm really, I'm really pleased that A, that it made the list and, you know, okay, it didn't break the top three, but it made the top five. It's a, and, it's a very uh, good film. It's a very good comedy. It's, you know, it's an honourable mention for me, but it's a very, very good film. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you were also looking, I mean, I think, Steve, you picked this as one of the films that when we did our preview of the, the films that were coming out later in the year, whenever we did that, it was like January or February. You and I both said Nice Guys would be one of the ones we were most looking forward to. Yeah, definitely. It was definitely on the list of a lot of people's most most looking forward to for this yeah. year. And did did it live up to expectations? I you? think quite third place expectations, but it was very good. It was a, it was a good fun film. About fourth place. Yeah. Even yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Even better. Again, I'd, I'd okay. say it's like Green Room. Where the pe- cause I do know the people who have, who have seen it and actually remember adore the living daylights out of it. So yeah. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. Um, so, 
Recap. 10, Mob Handed. <laughs> 9, Rogue One. 8, Room. 7, Hell or High Water. 6, Captain America Civil War. 5, Green Room. 4, The Nice Guys. What's 3rd, 2nd and 1st? Steve, anything you think uh, is in there that we've not said? Deadpool. An arrival. Uh, and Spotlight. Yeah, yeah. And Spotlight. Anything else? It'll probably be Deadpool, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad. Because the world... <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, you worked it out straight away. The first three films you mentioned, Spotlight, um, is in third. God damn it, Brooker. Why can yeah, you not Spotlight. share your clairvoyance with the rest of us on, <laughs> on stuff that matters, please? Spotlight is third, and, uh, just ahead of it... It's Arrival, right? It's Arrival, isn't it? Deadpool. It's Deadpool. Yes! And Arrival is top. Yes! Arrival is our film of the year. Nice. So... Yes! Brooker, how many times did you see Deadpool before we talk about Arrival? At the cinema, 10. Yeah. At this precise point in time, I've seen it 16 times. 16 times. I mean, if you've seen a film 16 times in one year and it's not your film of the year, then... Well, I mean, the thing is, it's, it's a, I love it. I think it's a gem of a film. But when you compare it to things like, for me, Neon Demon and Green Room, I wasn't sure if I could still justify calling it my number one. I literally, I toyed with the decision for about an hour. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do with it. Uh, I mean, I mean well, like, your personal, you know, like, for me anyway, like, your personal, be- like, top list should never actually just be the best films and more just the films that you personally, like, love the most. Oh, absolutely. So they should yeah. be your favourite ones. But the thing with, like, The yeah. Neon Demon was I would probably have gone to see The Neon Demon two or three times if it wasn't for the fact that every fucking chain in this country vanished it within about 48 hours of it coming out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was very limited, <laughs> yeah. wasn't it? I mean, the thing is, though, Brooker, if it makes you feel any better, a point either way for either Deadpool or Neon Demon wouldn't no, have resulted in anything different in the end of year list. They both would have stayed in place. Arrival really was just this year's big runaway winner. Yes, that's okay. I've got I've got no issues with Dennis Villeneuve as a as a director. Denis Villeneuve. No... Sorry. Yeah. Denis Villeneuve. Okay. <laughs> I've got so, no sorry, you just need to get your French Canadian pronunciations right, Brooker. It's okay. I can barely speak fucking English. Have you not heard me talk? <laughs> but I, I've got no issues but, with him as a director. I've got, I've got absolutely no issues with Arrival as a film. I thought it was fucking great. Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. You know, it's deserving of the top spot. I yeah. obviously, I just thought Deadpool was better. Yeah. Well, Spotlight was my number one choice. Um, that was, I think, obvious from January when I first saw it, and I talked about it on here, and I said, you know what, one of the best films I think I've seen. I really want to rewatch it to see if it still holds up, and it was just the frame of mind that I was in. No, nope. it, it's a it's def- still a very good film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I bought um, it so- cheap off iTunes when it went on offer, and sat and gave it a butchers. It was still excellent, which is why it's in my top ten. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, I, st- I will still try and do it again at some point, but um, and hope it wasn't just me yeah. at the time. But um, you know, I, and what happened with the rival and Deadpool? I had my nine down, and I was unsure what to go with for number 10 on my list and it was either going to be Arrival or Deadpool and I went for Deadpool in the end <laughs> but you know Arrival Arrival is just uh, I'm, I'm happy I'm fine with Arrival being I, I adore I adore Arrival I really do um like I, 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 my first screening of it was at the London Film Festival month before almost a month to the day before it came out in cinemas um as I think I mentioned on the actual podcast itself and that there, um, I was iffy on, um, like, like what, before I went to the film festival, I purposely decided to try and pick films that wouldn't come out around me or were too far enough away that I could just fight. But Denis Villeneuve, so I am fucking, I was fucking there. And I basically spent the entire um, 45 minutes between that and the next film I was going to go watch 
almost like breaking down in floods of tears repeatedly because I was in absolute awe of the perfection that I watched and the sheer beauty of that movie. I adored every second of it. It's this wonderful, beautiful, hopeful, intelligent, um, like inclusive, smart film about that tackles big concepts in emotional ways, that, like quietly emotional ways as well. Uh, like in what kind of way that you don't realize just how much heart and how much it hits you right until like near the end when it, like until by the time it hits its ending in that there and play and you know pulls its cards out and reveals exactly what's been happening. Um, and I just found it so beautiful and i'm gonna admit i'm stealing this from mark mode here but he did mention that bit of like film sometimes has that ability to just be the perfect film at the right time to contrast with what happens you know like in the real world some kind of escapism and arrival kind of provides that of being in a world that's just this kind of hateful oppressive like cynical that mess right now to just sit down and watch a beautiful inclusive optimistic film that looks at a world being pushed to the brink and realizes the world instead where you pull itself back from it it's just it's so beautiful and Denis Villeneuve is for my money the best director working today right now and Amy Adams is superb and everything about that first contact sequence is just like is genuinely awe-inspiring Denis Villeneuve it, it is a fucking god with with the camera right now he really is steve when you were voting for these films you sent me a message afterwards saying you forgot to put arrival into yeah. your list where do you think you would have put it very close to the top if not top if not yeah top. so okay so i mean yeah i mean we, that means we would have all voted yeah for it then. yes and uh, on that note shall we wrap up this year's awards uh, thank you all very much for listening to this podcast. We wouldn't do it without you because obviously it'd be pointless, Danish. It'd just no be listeners. us arguing amongst ourselves about what should be. That's fun. called that's called just being friends, and I feel like that's <laughs> actually worth. I feel like that's worth more than you guys are willing to admit. Okay. Yeah, thank obviously thank you all for listening. Hopefully you'll continue to do that in the into twenty seventeen, and we can talk about the the films of twenty seventeen with you this time next year. Um, thank you to all the the contributors who regularly on this podcast um, and join me and Owen to talk about films uh, including Brooker and Callum here today but also the many other contributors we have throughout the year um, yeah and I didn't write that for you I didn't write that that was off that was genuinely your own yeah I'm trying to be nice <laughs> um, here Owen has written we'll plug the compilation episode oh, at the end of the did. recording <laughs> uh, which you had yeah. to move in this yeah. nice moment, didn't but you? Feel Steve? free to plug your own stuff. Um, so, so Brooker and and Callum, feel free to plug your own stuff. <laughs> do you want to go uh, first, Brooker? Yeah. Okay. So I, I don't do anything outside of foul critics. I spend all my time writing for these guys, and I do the character unlock podcast for them once every couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks time, there should be the start of an Assassin's Creed special coming, and mm. I. Oh yeah. dear. And well, it's going to be a long one, I think. And in the, the end of January, I'll start doing monthly articles on if I can actually manage to watch 365 movies in a year, which I won't. You've got some to go for Andy Alcock. I saw. I think voted in our awards this year. It's over 400. I will wasn't never it? hit 400 films in a year, not with a fucking three year old. And a my, job. Yeah, my, rec- my record was 560 something, I think. I think before year. before I had a kid, I think I probably could have hit 400 in a year easily. Now, 
I, it's going to be a fight to do 365, but I'm going to give it a try. Oh, God, children, so selfish. They are. They take all my fucking time. I don't know what she's playing at. Callum, your articles, what have you got coming on your website? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm so glad of the way that you two managed to find another slave to write all the articles for the website after I left <laughs> as well. Just like, um, Also, by the way, my, I think my best amounts of the year was this year, which was 295. Um, with a lot of repeats, though. Um, um, I had aimed to try and do one, at least one a day, but there we go. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Callum Petch, uh, and you can read my writings over at CallumPetch.com. Um, there have been, there's been actual content going up recently. Thankfully. <laughs> finally! Uh, it's, it's been good, it's been good. I guess antidepressants are really worthy answer. Um, I just wish I slept in the evenings. Keep anyway. it light, Callum, keep yeah. it light. Yeah, d- right. yeah, this week, depending on whenever. Uh, <laughs> depending on whenever this actually goes up, because... We're currently at like two and three quarter hours of recording that Owen's going to have to sift through now. Thought we were supposed to finish an hour and a quarter ago. We were yep. supposed to. Um, the best is the best and worst roundup series, uh, which at the time of recording began um, on the Monday, Boxing Day, with the 10 best trailers. On the Tuesday, there was the 20 best scenes. And then today, tomorrow and Friday are the 20 best films of 2016. I also have articles on the best needle drops of the year coming as a giant middle finger to Suicide Squad. I have a list of best performances coming, the Callum Petch Awards, and then the list that everybody cares about, the bottom 10 films of 2016. Um, so yeah, look forward to all that. Plus, hopefully, a bunch of new content coming in the year. And thank you for putting up with my voice on these things. I hope I was I hope I was better than I was last year, everybody, because I know I was kind of an arsehole last year. So there we go. I've been an arsehole since God knows when. Never change. Um, <laughs> since you wanted to get on the Xbox. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So again, thanks all for listening. Not just this podcast, but over the last four or so years as well join us in 2017 um, you can get our compilation episode of best bits from the year uh, three and a bit hours of, of best bits somehow it's o- it's only slightly longer than this podcast yeah, tell me about it um, but yeah so uh, get on to the fail critics and check that out and we'll be back early in the new year with our first podcast of 2017. The Failed Critics Podcast is presented by Steve Norman and Owen Hughes, created by James Diamond, with original music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, remixed by James Yule of JamesYule.com. You can find us at FailedCritics.com, on Twitter at FailedCritics, and Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FailedCritics. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Right. Can we do top ten now? <laughs> yeah. No. Try to sound a little more infused, Steve. I, I was the first time we tried to get there. So the yes, the first, the Federal Critics top ten films of twenty sixteen. As voted for by our listeners, Owen, uh, what is at number ten? I'm gonna before we. Oh my God! Jesus Christ! On the fuck.